Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Luke Alves. What's up, Luke? Not much, man. Just glad to be back. Glad uh, we have some sort of basketball. Not that it's uh, been at its best right now, especially officiating, but glad you just have some <laughs> basketball finally back, and we're very close to just being at opening night, so just really excited about that. Hell yeah, man! Like the the it's it's so fucking awesome that they decided to like stretch out the season and make it earlier. Like, yeah, give me like like more weeks of of NBA basketball. Like, it, I I am so so on board with that. Um, so yeah, it's it's right around the corner. Uh, really exciting. Hopefully, we're gonna get our um our our off season recap slash previews, team previews, and all that. Uh, for the both the Eastern and Western Conference very soon. Still got our fingers crossed that uh, Jim, the Jimmy Butler deal will go down so we can have all the pieces uh, fall where they need to be. But um, that's looking more and more trepidatious. And so let's just, like, get right into it with that in mind. Jimmy Butler's camp are now saying Minnesota's demands are ridiculous and they're going skeptical as to whether Wolves' man- management actually wants to trade him. Um, th- there's been a few instances that have uh, kind of come out as of late. We talked last week about the fact that uh, when they were talking with the Sixers, they reportedly um, like, essentially were like, we want Ben Simmons, and talk ceased. Um, because no shit they were going to cease if you tried to ask for Ben Simmons. Um, they have been in talks with Milwaukee, but Milwaukee uh, is, is – they want Middleton, and Milwaukee is un, unwilling to part with Middleton in a, in a Jimmy Butler trade. Uh, and the Miami Heat have pretty much given them a take-it-or-leave-it offer. Um, they have an offer out there, but – they're pretty much like we're done negotiating. That's our offer. Um, you know, if you if you want to take it, fine. If not, fuck off. Uh, and Pat Riley uh, reportedly told Tom Thibodeau as much. Uh, basically, uh, it's rumored that uh, Pat Riley uh, told Tom Thibodeau to get his fucking house in order and hung up the phone on him, uh, which <laughs> kind of uh, hints to their take it or leave it offer. Um, all of this fucking shit, man. Like, I, I didn't expect this to be done by the time training camp or by the time media day started. Because I mean, all of this shit ramped up like three days before media day. And I was like, ah, it, it's gonna take you longer than three days to like get you know everything in order and everything. But I, I mean, fuck, it's been two, three weeks now. Uh, over two weeks. Um, it'll be three weeks come Monday, and like nothing. Like, there's been no positive uh, talks with any team that has been reported. Um, and, and it pretty much looks like uh, Tibbs and company is just like, yeah, we don't want to trade him, so we'll just throw out ridiculous offers that nobody's going to take. Kind of like what um, what Phil Jackson did with Chris Porzingis when that whole thing was going down. Um, but when, when you hear all this shit going on with, uh, with Tibbs and, and – um, all this Jimmy Butler saga and, and Butler's camp even like coming out and saying, yeah, this is, this is getting fucking ridiculous. Um, 
especially as I find it humorous that even Jimmy Butler's camp is like, I ain't fucking worth that, <laughs> you know? Um, and uh, it, it, it's, it's, just it, it is just getting ridiculous at this point. What are your thoughts on all of this fucking shit, Lee? I mean, like you said, dude, it's it just gotten to the point where it's like, where are we at, Tibbs? I mean, two weeks ago, you threw out the idea of they should just fire Tibbs. I was like, you know, don't do that. It's not smart. You don't want more. I Just at this point, you just fire the guy. I mean, you already know I don't think he's a good coach at all. I mean, he runs this just – I don't – I just – He's just not good at coaching. And his GM moves haven't been bad. I mean, I understand his intentions, I guess, trying to get the very best. But there's a difference between asking for, uh, like, a team's very best and then, like, them laying their golden, like, goose egg. Like, no, you're not getting that. Like, really, Ben Simmons? Like, yeah, I would have hung up on you too. And I'm glad Pat Riley told him to get his basically his shit in, like, gear. Like, dude, get your, like – where are you right now in this trade enzyme? I mean, I mean, demands like you don't really have that much to stand on. I know, like you know, you want the best, but he's a free agent next year, especially the Heat. I mean, they didn't get quote unquote listed on the in three you know teams that he wanted to go to, so they they're kind of putting on that risk and all that. But I don't know, just got to figure it out. I didn't think the trade would happen this quick, but I just didn't think they would be. Rumors that, you know, Jimmy Butler's camp is thinking that the demands are too crazy. What we've already kind of heard his demands where he just wants, like, a young player, an asset, a trade, uh, I mean, uh, a draft pick, take on a big contract, and we get nothing. And I'm really like, what? Yeah. But then again, I mean, Jimmy Butler, to some teams, I mean, he could do really good. Um if I'm Milwaukee, I'm not trading Chris Middleton. Fuck just no. because Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I think Jimmy Butler is better, two-way player. But Chris Middleton has slightly, been our only guy. slightly like better. He, yeah, and he's like been he's our guy. He's not that like, much better. Well, I mean, I think after this year, it'll be, like, like really close. But, I mean, Jimmy Butler's just been doing it a little bit longer. Like, Chris Middleton's really been right. coming into his, like, his own the last two years, especially last year. I mean, really showed in the playoffs. I think this year he's really going to show off. But if I'm a walking three years younger, loyal to me, I think he might do it. Like not, a, I mean, he's going to get paid, but almost like a team friendly deal if he wants to help them out. So I don't. If I'm a walking, I'm not screwing over those chances that this guy that I've been growing since day one really knows how to play with. You know, my best player doesn't really demand the ball, but when he gets it, he's didn't know how to shoot it. I just wouldn't trade Middleton at all, so I wouldn't be out. I mean, I'd probably give you Brogdon and maybe Thon Maker and, and something else, or even uh Vincenzo, who I've drafted, but those guys are like, they'll give you some yeah. long assets and, and yeah. maybe give you, like, can you take on, like, a terrible Henson? I don't know, actually. Watching their See, preseason game, I was going to say, kind of like, instead of taking on the system, yeah, instead of taking on Henson, what if they could get Tony Snell? Like, Tony Snell is, like, slightly overpaid, but not crazy. He's, like, nine, nine and a half million for the next three years. Um, like, that's not that's not terrible, and he could he could definitely fill in, like, the starting role, like, of a shooting guard. I mean, he's a 3-and-D guy. Um, and if you can get, like, along with that, if you can get, like, Brogdon, DiFincenzo, and D.J. Wilson – 
Like, fuck, dude, I'd totally make that deal. And if you're Milwaukee, I, to me, it's like worth rolling the dice. Because um, if you can get Bledsoe, Butler, Middleton, Antetokounmpo, and Lopez as your starting lineup, like, fuck, that's great. That, you know, like, that's, that's just an amazing starting lineup. Like, that's that's a deal that should be in play. But, yeah, like, two things here. I am not giving up Middleton either. And if I'm Minnesota, like, here's here's the thing that baffles me. Like, why would you be trying to get Chris Middleton or Tobias Harris? Like, either one of those guys are free agents at the end of the year and, and are going to basically be looking to get paid. With, with other teams out there that can throw around money, um, not not a whole bunch, but there's a few. Like, why are you rolling the dice? Like, why are you putting your eggs in that basket? Um, and the only reason that I can think of is because Tim Tibbs wants a player who's going to help him win this season, but he's still not really looking out for the best interest of the franchise because you could trade for Middleton and still, like, not really lose too many steps as far as, you know, what Butler brought to the team. But what happens when he walks at the end of the season? What happens when he, like, goes and joins Philly or L.A. or whatever? Like, you're, then you're back to square one and you didn't get as many assets as you could as if you weren't so gung-ho about having Middleton in the deal. It's a, it's a lose-lose situation of Middleton's in that deal to me. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't get it. I, I don't know why you wouldn't just be trying to get assets at this point and a guy who can, like – at least play the starting shooting guard position or starting small forward position, and you can move Wiggins to the shooting guard. Like, that's, to me, what you should be looking for, like a a guy who can fill that void and then young assets who can hopefully, you know, be your um, replacement for Jimmy Butler down the line, so to speak, like a Dante DiVincenzo um, or a Malcolm Brogdon. Um, so, yeah, I... I Man, it just baffles me. I don't. I don't even like the the rumors that are coming out. Like, sure, like I, I get like that you <laughs> would want Ben Simmons. Obviously, the Sixers are not going to trade him. Now, Middleton's a guy that I think at least, you know, would be in reason to ask for. But I don't know why you would ask for him, given you know all those things that I said. Um, so yeah, man, it's just it's fucking strange really, really fucking strange. And, you know, I would imagine the Heat have progressively made slightly better offers. And finally, they're like, you know, because we talked about how they didn't want to include Josh Richardson. My guess is they're, you know, willing to part with Richardson. Um, I I still go back to just, like, uh, we'll give you Richardson and Whiteside um, and a first-round pick for Butler and Jang. Take Jang off your books. Whiteside's been looking great this preseason, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not giving you much more than that. I'm not giving you any more than that, you know, maybe a slight slight variable of that. But I, I, it, the market is not looking great for him. I feel like that's a very reasonable deal. Um, so there's, I, I don't know. The thing is there's there's got to be – there's so many teams interested. There's got to be plenty of reasonable deals out there. But it's like Tibbs isn't even doesn't even care. He doesn't even want to hear it. You know? Yeah. I mean, 
there's a lot of things, too. I mean, no offense to Jimmy Butler. I think he's a great player and all that. But, I mean, has he had a really good locker room rep lately? I mean, Rondo got the same thing. I mean, I'm a huge Rondo fan, but, I mean, Rondo didn't have a great locker room rep for a while. It took him a second. Now he's getting it back and all that. But, I mean, Jimmy Butler's last two situations, if I'm Philly, I mean, you're not getting Ben Simmons, but do I really want to trade Dario Saric and, and what's his face, um, Covington? Both. Or oh, Jimmy Butler, yeah. who can bolt yeah. on me? Not no. really, because I can just spend money next offseason if I really want him. So I don't want to do that. I mean, the Heat make uh, the most sense to grab him. Right. I mean, right now, I mean, the Heat are going away. And I also, Raptors, think, I also think, I also think, that's the three teams I was going to say. Are like, I don't think the three teams that he listed make any sense besides, like, if, like, why? We have money next year. We could sign him. So I'm definitely right. not the Clippers. I'm not doing it because I kind of like my team. I mean, the Clippers have been playing really actually well. I mean, Gallinari yeah. is healthy, yeah. so I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to trade even Tobias Harris. I'll play with Tobias Harris this year out. We'll see what we can do. If I'm the Nets, I'm kind of like, I mean, screw it. I mean, we can sign him no matter what in that offseason. If I'm the Knicks, I'm, I'm kind of just playing it by ear. So those three teams, I don't really realistically see them giving them a better trade, but yeah, Raptors could give them something really nice. They really want to do it. Milwaukee, I'd love to see them on Milwaukee, even though that would be a dangerous team. That would be a dangerous, dangerous team. I would do that trade that you said. I mean, even though Tony Snell, I mean, Milwaukee's already kind of booted him out of their starting lineup, so you know he's kind of right. on the books. But you could just understand they probably don't want Snell, and that's why they're asking for more. But Yeah, maybe, the heat, I mean, but like, I kinda, if you don't, if you don't want Snell, then you can take Henson. If you just if you just don't want him and you want like a two year contract instead of a three year, because their their monetary figures per year are less than a million dollars apart. So you know, I I just think Snell makes more sense as far as if you're going to plug somebody in. Plus, he's got the history with Tibbs, um, so at least Tibbs will be getting a player back who he's familiar with. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, no, we're not past get... the fact of Tibbs getting any more players, dude. He's not getting <laughs> players. He needs to get fired. I'm with you on this one. Get him out of there. I hate to say it, like, dude, just, gosh, man, get Tibbs. Like, you know what I would try to do besides getting, I would try to also get Todd Gibson out of there, man. Like, no offense, Gibson's not that bad, but you're really not that good with Carl Anthony Towns out there. My, like, you right. know, the person that I'm definitely building around. You clog the lane. He doesn't know what to do. I need to get you out of there, buddy, too. So, I mean, but Tibbs ain't training his guys. I mean, I hope I hope he gets, like, I mean, I don't even know, man. They just need to make the trade happen. He, I would want Richardson, but I don't think the Heat's going to give him up. But Justin Winslow's not that bad. If you get Winslow, white side, and a pick, I mean, I would definitely take that. I just yeah, feel like only, Justin, the only uh, thing he, that – the only thing that worries me about getting Winslow is I could so see a team like Sacramento just giving him like a huge offer sheet next season, and then you're stuck having to match it. You're overpaying for Winslow. Um, like I'd rather have Richardson, who's locked in for four years on a team-friendly deal. Um, like that's the big difference to me in those two guys. Because um, as far as talent, they're they're right there neck and neck with one another. I think Richardson's a little better now. Winslow has the higher ceiling long-term. He's a little younger. Um, I want to say Richardson's like 25. I think Winslow's like 22. Um, so, but, yeah, I mean, I, 
I guess if worse came to worse, I'd, I'd, you know, I would still take Winslow, um, but I would just, I'd really rather have Richardson if I could finagle that. Um, and, and you know what, as of right now, like maybe you could work out a deal with a third team for Whiteside. Like, I mean, he's, he's looking good uh, in two I don't know, games. I'm, it, but. The T-Wolves, I'm kind of intrigued. I mean, I could put Carl Anthony Towns up to four. I mean, he could definitely I don't put like four. him there. I, I mean, know, he could play I offensively. He could, definitely, he could definitely do it offensively and spread it and stretch it. Like, But defensively, he could be – yeah, he's going to lose a step, but you're going to have Whiteside behind you as your anchor. That would be a pretty – I mean, not a deadly – not like kind of Anthony Davis to Marcus Cousins, but, you know, almost like the poor man's version of that, but could be – could be better, you know. At once. Did you? But did you watch Whiteside defensively against the Sixers? He looked terrible. He can't defend the no, pick no, no. and roll. Whiteside was checked out at the end of the year. I gotta, I gotta write it off, man. His team gave up on him. He gave up on his team. No effort was shown. I think you know over the uh, top uh, season they probably sure sat down. I was like, yo, let me talk to you. We fucked up. You fucked up. Let's get this back in order. Come on, we can figure this out. I mean. So, I just feel like, you know, yeah. I got to yeah. write it off. Because, you know, they, they both gave up on each other. It was, it was definitely known. And then they make the playoffs, and now it's like, oh, this is awkward, you know. It's kind of an, an awkward <laughs> situation. Now you kind of have to really play for me, and I'm going to kind of push you into situations where we haven't been doing all year lately. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe, but I, I don't I don't like the optics of of Tap playing the four. I I don't like it. I don't I, not not for any extended minutes. Like I, I just certainly not as a starter. Um, but you know, I mean, even maybe they could share the four for like ten minutes a game, and that would give give them both enough minutes to play at the center by themselves. You know. Um, yeah, or, or whatever it shakes out, I think 12 minutes a game would would give them both 30. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I, I just don't. I don't like it. I I would so much rather have a stretch four to to plug in there, um, who could you know help help Cat you know get a little more spacing inside. And um, I don't know. I think I think that would be the more optimal way to go. By the way, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, but. Uh, I think I threw it out to Joel, and I think he said it was at the very least interesting. Um, one thing that I haven't heard in this whole mix, um, you were saying they should get rid of Gibson, and this doesn't involve Gibson, but it would give them um, the ability to use him as an expiring contract uh, and, and have him be expendable. Um, I threw out, like, what about uh, each one more? Um Nikola Miritich and Solomon Hill and a first-round pick for Jimmy Butler and Gorgie Jang. Like, you get Jang off your books. Um, like, Solomon Hill, obviously, was hurt all last season, but at least he's a wing player, um, you know, something that you could use. He's only two years left compared to Jang's three. Um, plus, you get, like, a very serviceable wing player in each one more. Um and you get, you know, an upgrade at the four position with Nikola Miritich, um, plus a first-round pick. I mean, I, I mean, that's at least, you know, most of what they asked for, um, minus the, the, the young prospect. 
Um, because of course New Orleans doesn't have any young he's prospects because they always you know, trade them. He's like twenty-five or twenty-four. Uh, yeah, maybe a little older, but he's, he's not old. I think he's a little older. Yeah, he's, yeah, I think he's like twenty-seven, but he's not—he's not old. I mean, he's still—I don't even think he's. You know, I would say he's just on the cusp of his prime, and he's—he played some valuable minutes for for New Orleans last year. But I mean, here's the thing: if you're New Orleans. You have Randall, you have Davis. If you plug in Butler in there with Drew Holiday and Alfred Payton, Granite Payton is no Rondo, but um, but I think with that kind of talent around him, he'd be able to blossom a little bit more than he has with you know the Suns or the Magic. Um, so you know, I mean, that's a great starting lineup. They lose a little bit of their depth, but you know, I mean, it's, it's still, I mean, I think it's, it's worth the risk. Um, at this point, if you're if you're New Orleans, um, and you're just hoping that you can throw a max contract to Jimmy Butler and get him to stay, um, but you know, and if you're the Timberwolves, like it's not the best return, but like I said, you're getting a lot of what you want, and that that frees you up to maybe um, maybe move uh, Gibson and you know get something in return because he's an expiring contract. So I don't know. I mean, I think I think it's reasonable. What do you think about that deal? No, I mean, I like it just because I don't think Minnesota would end up doing it just because Thibodeau doesn't yeah. think logically. But um, I like it just because you're finally getting Carl Anthony Towns a stretch four. <clears throat> and uh, Mirtich, I feel bad that he's getting traded yet again because I think he played really well. But yes, um, I think it makes sense to do, to get that. Um, the only um, – Etoine Moore plays the three guard. For New Orleans, but I don't think he's a three guard. He's a two guard, so you're kind yeah. of running into yeah, I mean, that situation again. Who's starting at the three spot for you? I mean, Wiggins. Not, I mean, because Wiggins really. Then you just said earlier you wanted to switch him back to the two spot. I mean, I said you, you could. Yeah, I, I, mean, didn't, I didn't necessarily say that I okay. want but, to. I mean, to me, they're interchangeable. The two and the three for most teams. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so, I mean, I would do it. I mean, you are getting what you, you're asking for. Yes, it's not the best, but, I mean, it could really work out for your team and free you up some cap space, like you said, especially when you get off Gibson and even get, like, something. I mean, if, what if Chicago – I mean, I don't think Chicago would take him back. <laughs> I'd like to try <laughs> to get Bobby Portis, even though him oh, – that, that, I don't know why I just said that. That's actually funny. I just said Bobby Portis running back into Miritich. That would not be a good uh, – Reunion. <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. Those um, two players would be would play as well. You just need to get people that are going to play well with your star player. And I think Tibbs is trying yes, to. Tibbs yes. is just basically trying to save his ass right now and not get fired. They can't be coming. I guarantee if they come out of the gate first twelve games and they're like only won four of them. Yeah, I can see you getting fired right after, like right after fifteen. Right around the 15 game mark, like you got peace. But he's trying to save his ass, but I think he's just asking for too much. But that does give you a lot, so I would consider I did if I was them. If it all out, if all other trades aren't better than that, that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Unless the thing we don't know what other teams are offering. I mean, at the end of the day, they need to make the, the trade that's best for them. The, the big reason why I think that would be unlikely, um, and I think. I think it's the same reason why I think a Clippers trade will be unlikely. I don't expect Tibbs, if he's the one who makes the decision, to trade Jimmy Butler 
to a fringe playoff team in the West because that hurts their opportunity to make the playoffs. Like, so I expect them to either be traded to a top tier team in the West um, or a um, any team in the East. But like, it, I, like I would not want to trade him to to like any of no matter how good a deal they can put for us. Like, there's like four teams in that in that pack of like um, the Clippers. The Nuggets, the Blazers, the, uh, the Pelicans, like those are teams that you're going to be fighting against to make the playoffs. You, you don't want to trade your best player to one of those teams. Um, so, you know, I, I think that in and of itself would be reason enough to, to shoot it down. But I still, I still think it's a, a reasonably good offer, like you said, if, if, if no other offers convey. Um, speaking of Butler offers, um, the Rockets were kind of in the mix uh, last week, and I, I talked to Joel about this, um, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it as well. Uh, do you think the Rockets like should give up Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker if they can get Jimmy Butler? Let's let's I mean assume they're yes. throwing a first yeah. round pick. No, yeah, just, you think they should? Yeah, I would do it. I'm sorry, I would just roll the dice like that. I mean, I like Eric Gordon; he's a great six man and all that, but. I'm kind of looking at my window right now to take down Golden State, and if I can pull another rabbit out of a hat like I almost did last year, Jimmy Butler's getting it this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't think I would do it. I really don't. I just think that as much as I love Jimmy Butler um, as as a – a player, and I fuck. I even love the dude's personality. Like, um, he, to me, he's like one of the best social media guys out there. Um, he's he's entertainment galore. Um, I I just don't like the death that you're giving up. I mean, okay, so if you make that trade, you you don't. I'm assuming at that point you're going to start Marquise Chris as your power forward. Um, whereas as of now, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's PJ Tucker, um, and so that that and then you're gonna have Melo come off the bench. He's gonna be your sixth man, which is fine. Um, but other than like those six guys, you don't have much else going on that team. Yes, you have Gerald Green. Yes, you have James Ennis. Um, how much do you want to rely on those guys? Um, come playoffs, I mean, I I don't know, man. I I think you're giving up too much depth. Um, and I don't think what you need, like, I don't think what you need, um, how do I want to say this? I, I think Jimmy Butler gives you more uh, than what you actually need, and you're losing more of what you need in order to get a guy who's not going to be able to give you all of that. Does that make sense? Like, I know that's a very convoluted way of explaining it, Um but I just think the depth you'd be giving up. Put it this way: if I had two trades that I could that I could choose from, um, and I could trade Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, and a first round pick for Jimmy Butler, or I could trade Brandon Knight on a first round pick for Kent Bazemore, sign me up for that Bazemore trade. Because if I could trade um, like those two pieces, get a guy off my team who's not going to help um, really. Uh, get a Kent Bazemore in there. Now I'm looking at 
a starting five. Now, but basically, now I'm looking at Kim Bazemore replacing Trevor Ariza. I still get to keep Eric Gordon. I got Carmelo Anthony replacing Ryan Anderson. I got Marquise Chris in there for nothing, basically. Um, and, like, you basically flip Ryan Anderson and a first-round pick, plus, I guess, DeAnthony Melton, um, for Kent Bazemore and Marquise Chris. Like, pretty good fucking return on that package. Um, so, like, I'd much rather have that deal and keep my depth. Uh, not not saying that's on the table, that the Hawks would be fucking stupid if they didn't take that trade. Um, but I, 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 I would be going for something of that um, uh, ilk, if you will, more so than, like, really going hard for Jimmy Butler and giving up all of my debts. Uh, but are are you still like lying in the sand? Like you would, you'd rather just have Jimmy Butler because obviously he's he's more talented than any of the other guys in this equation. Well, no, there's also one huge thing that you're kind of forgetting too. He's the available one in this situation. Yeah, I mean, when I was at lunch and I kind of had a crappy lunch and I saw someone with a snack pack, I you know I want a snack pack, but you know you don't get a snack pack. I mean. What are you throwing out there? Of course, I would take the Kent Bazemore and that, but we're not going to magical land, unfortunately. I can get Jimmy Butler right now. And you're talking about death. You're only losing two guys, really, two guys. T.J. Tucker, yeah, I love him to death. He's a go-hard and all that, but mm, okay, bye. And Eric Gordon, you're, you're expiring contract, so I'm not really, you know, I can two years at the end of the year. So we're switching, switching. So I'm realistically just losing T.J. Tucker. But you know what I can do about that? Uh, there's a thing, you know, when people are getting releasing up the veterans, I could come back in and be like, hey, we're that team that's almost right there. Let me sign you. You know, you just got you just got weight from your team. Come over here and play with the Rockets. Let's win this right now. We're doing pretty good. Let's get you out there. Oh, yeah, I would definitely. So, on the Rockets, 100%. I'm still, yes, I would do that trade right now, like, if I'm Dan Amore. Like, I really think, yeah, it puts you kind of at a bind. I understand, like, it's too good. It might hurt you, but you're at that point where, you put your chips already all in, and you might as well just keep them going more in. I mean, there's no backing out. You can't, you can't bluff and all that. You sign Chris Paul to a very nice contract, lengthy one. All you, you got to win it right now. So I think it makes the most sense. I mean, I'm doing a lineup with yeah. With could you imagine the defense right? So you have Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler, and Capella. That I is taking away from all Harden and Mellows. Woes if I wanted to start them if that wanted to be my starting lineup because I'm not really worried yeah. that much. I have I don't know about defense that. right there, but I mean, yeah, I'm going to be lacking, but I'm still trusting my main guys. So I'm, I I'll don't tell know. you what, if I'm Houston. I tell, it makes I would do it. I, I I hear what you're saying. I tell you what though, the the notion that Bazemore is not on the block is ridiculous. Now I will grant you that. He is not there. The Hawks aren't actively trying to trade him. But I would also argue that Tibbs is not actively trying to trade Jimmy Butler either. So, um, so there's that. But no, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I would, I would still say um, that a uh, like even if you had to include a couple seconds, like even if the, even if. Um, uh, what's that? I forget his damn name. Uh, Travis Link, Hawks GM. Even if he's like trying to play a little bit of hardball or what have you, like end of the day, you could go get Bazemore um, in exchange for Brandon Knight uh, and and some draft assets because a the Hawks 
they have too many wing players. They have young guys that need to uh, be on the court. Um, Bazemore is kind of the last of those guys who just doesn't make sense on this roster. Um, and by taking back Brandon Knight, you're 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 cutting your payroll by about three and a half million dollars next season. So, like, yes, it makes sense on all levels for for the Hawks. Um, so I I don't know, and 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 I will say this too, if you're talking about, I get the fact that you know CP3, Jimmy Butler, and uh, Clint Capella. That's that's sure. That's a great defense. Um, a better defense would be. Um, essentially having uh, Tim Bazemore and still keeping P.J. Tucker because P.J. Tucker is a fucking great defender. Um, he's not a LeBron stopper, which is, you know, why Toronto went out and got him a couple years ago. Um, but he's still really fucking good, and his versatility is, is tremendous. Um, and you get to keep all your depth. But, no, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Uh, I, I, I'm i glad that you uh, you took the um, the opposite of that because, you know, I'm, I'm very much on the other end than you. And, of course, uh, you know, we know Joel very well. Joel was kind of like, I see where you're coming from. Like, not not really uh, not really taking a side there. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. But, uh, Here, I got yeah, I mean, what's that? What's that? If you want to get rid of Bazemore so much, we could do. They could do both trades because you know what? You haven't named one thing that's really running into each other in either one trade. And I could probably wait till trade deadline and maybe slide in and blue ball tra- Travis Link and be like, "Here's uh, Brandon Knight, something else in um, two two second rounders." I'm not going to give you a first, and I could probably no. be doing no. That. I'm not no, taking. Yeah, I'm yeah. not taking Brandon Knight. You're not. I'm taking not taking it. Brandon. You're not taking it. You're not taking it. But if you're in another situation, you want to get rid of him. I can probably wait. I don't need. No, but see, that's the thing. I'm right not saying. I'm not. I'm not arguing. I need a Jimmy Butler I'm not going right to now. get rid of him. I'm not going to get rid of him and take on a Brandon Knight if I'm not getting a first. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. Brandon Knight is a two-year deal. Like, the reason that it works for the Hawks is because you'd be getting the first. It's not like if you, if you were gonna get just get rid of Bazemore, there are two or three different teams you could trade him for and and get back a second or two um, and get expiring contracts for. So like, <laughs> I no, I mean that didn't make any sense at all. But I, I will say this: they could include, they could make they could make the Butler trade and then make the Knight trade and give the Hawks a 2021 first round pick. Because uh, I, I mean, if I'm the Hawks, I'd arguably rather have a 2021 first-round pick um, than having uh, the 2019 because the Hawks already have potentially five draft picks in that draft, um, like potentially five top 40 picks because their worst pick in that draft is Charlotte's second-rounder. Um, so that's going to be hovering right around 40. Um, now it depends on, you know, where the Dallas and Cleveland picks fall. But, I mean, we both – we project Dallas to be better than uh, the fifth worst team, and we pre- predict Cleveland to be better than the tenth worst team. So, I mean, chances are those picks will probably convey. So, uh, I would uh, arguably rather have the 2021, depending on what kind of protections um, Houston wanted to put on it. Uh, I wouldn't want it if it was like a, um, you know, this pick 
if it doesn't convey in two years, if it comes to second rounders, like, I don't want any fucking part of that. But 2021 would actually be more ideal, especially because we have the 2022 OKC pick. So if you pair those up next to each other, that would be a good little, like, cachet for the Hawks to have when they're hopefully hitting a stride and becoming decent again. So I don't know. Um, I, I, I still, I just want to see Bazemore on that team because I think he'd be really, really fucking good on that team. He was really good last year on the Hawks, shot 39% from three, was a very versatile defender, solid player. His three-point, could you imagine a guy who shoots 39% on the fucking lowly Hawks, what he would shoot going to a team like the Rockets? Like, I mean, just look at P.J. Tucker as a perfect example. When he played for Phoenix, he shot like 35% from three. His threes went considerably up when he went to Toronto, and then even better when he went to Houston. So, like, I don't know. I just think he'd be fucking awesome for that team, and I think he could really fill the void that Ariza um, left behind, especially because Ariza's like 36 years old. But anyway, uh, let's get off this. We got a don't have a whole lot of time left and we got still a few topics uh to get through uh speaking of the raptors um they started in their first preseason game kyle lowry danny green Kawhi leonard cj miles at the four and Serge Ibaka at the five very interesting lineup i like it i don't know if they're going to uh obviously i mean none of us do but i don't know if this is going to be like a, a thing that they really run with throughout the season or if they were just kind of throwing it out there to see how it worked out. Um, Cause I mean, it would be a thing that if you're trying to toy with a lineup, it makes sense to kind of throw it out in your first preseason game when other guys are going to be trying to get um, like other starters are still going to be playing and th- things like that, see how it works. Um, but I like the way that it looked um, in, in this kind of age of small ball. It makes sense. Especially, I'm not sure about C.J. Miles at the four, but it makes sense as far as who you have. Um, but especially Serge Ibaka at the five. Um, and it, it certainly puts you in that very actionable position if you're going to make a move for Jimmy Butler. Um, first of all, you could, you could include Jonas Valanciunas and take back um, Gorgi Jang as kind of your backup center if you're going to have Serge Ibaka be your starting center anyway. Um, and then you can use other players, you know, young players, maybe include a, a Teague-Lowry swap, what have you, um, if you needed to, um, to, to get Jimmy Butler. Um, but I, I think the lineup, even aside from that, is very interesting. But I, I do think uh, that that was kind of the first thing that triggered in my head was like, these are all the guys that that like that I would not expect to see in a in a Jimmy Butler trade. Maybe minus Lowry, but you would get Teague to replace him. Um, like you would definitely you wouldn't you you would have to include OG Ananobi, um, who you know was in the starting lineup last year and we didn't see him, and he would almost kind of make more sense at your starting four um, in place of CJ Miles, but they decided to start Miles. So what what were your thoughts when you saw the lineup? Um, I'm assuming you probably didn't immediately go into geek out on uh, a trade idea that's probably never going to happen, Moe's, like I did. Um, but <laughs> what were your general thoughts on basically the Raptors' small ball lineup? No, I thought it was very interesting. I mean, at first I was like, man, 
where's Alachunas? And I was like, okay, I guess he's not. I mean, it makes sense in the preseason, especially a new coach. You know, you can do whatever. I mean, just test it out. It's preseason right now. If it didn't look good, you know, maybe there. this isn't going to be a starting lineup, but this is going to be a, a lineup that he likes to run to a lot. I mean, if you really look at the East, there's only one team contending with a true center, and that's the Sixers. But other than that, I mean, you could definitely, I mean, Celtics, we have Al Horford at the – so, I mean, I'll put a buck on Al Horford at the five. The four position, CJ Miles is interesting, but I just think <clears throat> he was a little injured last year. So, they kind of want to see his health, where he's at, and all that. So, I think they're just, you know, it's still early preseason. I did like the lineup, but just, I thought just the way the East is right now, you don't need the Valachuna-Ibaka lineup. It doesn't really work. It's not no. updated, but as you obviously see, I mean, it worked well in the East last year to get him the one seat, but when it really came down to it, it's not a good system at all. It it runs really slow, um, just a, a long jam down there. It just does not work out. And I think, too, with Kawhi Leonard, maybe his style, I mean, not so much having two people, two big guys down there, because I was trying to think if the Spurs, I mean, they didn't really have two big – guys on there. I mean, Tim Duncan's playing and they play Pal of all. So, yeah, I just think it, it makes sense for the team. I don't see C.J. Miles. I could see uh, Ananobi come, like, starting maybe. But then again, I could just see him going back to the same old Valentina's lineup. Could be an injury, could be something slightly that they're not the one to play him as much minutes. But it was interesting. Definitely the proper time to do it. You don't want to be testing with lineups in the middle of, you know, especially at the beginning of the season. I mean, it's still early, right. but, hey, it, it's a new coach. He wants to see what what what's his different sets that he can put out there, who he can play with who, what really works well together. I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, I, I like I like it minus, like you say, the, the four position, but, I mean, if Abaka is fat, I, are we getting old Abaka, like OKC? You know, legs or no, what we've seen kind of lately. Yeah, so that's so that's. But he's still a better, but he's still a better defender than Valanciunas by by not a mile, but by you know a CJ Miles. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I mean, he's he's a better defender. Valanciunas is not. He, he's just slow footed, man. He's not. He, he he's a very versatile offensive player. He's just not really a good defender defender. Um, so, I mean, if you can put a Baca in there, you can get an, um, like somebody who's just a little more versatile, who can switch better, um, whether, you know, whether it's Miles. I think I think I agree with you. Um, Ananobi makes the most sense. Keep him in the starting lineup. Continue to develop him because um, he can play the four. I mean, he's like, what, 6'8", I think. Um he he certainly got that versatility, um, and you got Siakam. Siakam played really well in the playoffs last year, um, so you got those two guys who can kind of play the four. Um, and then as as far as the three, I mean, I feel like CJ Miles could just back up um, essentially both Danny Green, who can play the two and the three, um, and Kawhi Leonard who can play the two and the three. You just rotate those guys, and then you got Fred Van Vliet to plug in there. That's a great nine-man rotation right there. Like, that's all you need. Um, try to see if you can trade DeLon Wright because you just don't need him. I don't think anybody's going to take on Norman Powell um, at this point, which is unfortunate because I think I think it's it's good that Norman Powell is getting his money. Um, but Norman Powell is, like, 
she was a really good player for them before essentially Fred Van Vliet and DeLon Wright and all those other guys. Like, they just have so much depth um, that, you know, some guys just fall by the wayside. Um, but, no, I mean, I, I think projecting long-term, I think that makes way more sense for them. Um, and I think it's interesting to see this this rookie coach come in and kind of make a decision like that. Um, if that in, ends up being what they do down the line, obviously he's at least toying with the idea. I think it's it's good um, for for a guy like that Nick is a Nick Nurse that's his name I think to go ahead and like assert um, like his various like difference differences from um, Dwayne Casey as far as getting his basketball ideas in place and that's what stands out to me about it and I really like it because um, I think that's if you want to win a championship I think that gives you a much better opportunity to win a championship with a Baca at the five um, and not playing Valanciunas as much as you're paying Valanciunas and what have you I, I just think it gives you a better chance um, so we'll see we'll see uh, another interesting lineup uh, that was uh, put out on the court was the Sacramento Kings. They had a lineup um, with four bigs. Uh, um, Coach Yeager uh, referred to it as his 4-7 lineup. Uh, basically, they played Marvin Bagley, Willie Cauley-Stein, Giles, Harry Giles, and Scalabizier on the court all at the same fucking time. Um and Jaeger said they're going to do it again. Like he was basically like, "No, this was not. This was not a one-off. Like you will see this lineup again." I mean, hey, give him, give Jaeger props. I, I would at the very least say it's a great way of trolling your front office and saying, "Fuck, I'm just going to play our five best guys. Uh, I'm going to play uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, fuck, who's their uh, who's it? Fox? Fox? De'Aaron Fox. Is that? Yes, thank you. I'm going to play De'Aaron Fox and then the four fucking bigs that you've given me because we don't have any fucking wing players except for Bogdanovich and Heald. Um, so, like, yeah, we're just, we're just going to fucking, we're going to treat um, Bagley like he's a wing. We're going to treat LeBizier like he's a wing. Uh, and then we're just going to play the other bigs at the same time. <laughs> it's, it's humorous if nothing else. Um, but what what were your thoughts when you um, – I'm assuming you read it like I did because I'm assuming you weren't watching the Sacramento Kings preseason game. Um, as much as we both love basketball, uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody wishes that upon themselves, not even Kings fans. Um, but uh, what were your thoughts when you read uh, read that uh, that was a lineup that not only they ran but we continue to run throughout the season? No, I thought it was funny. I definitely didn't see it. I wish I would have been able to see it. But, I mean, right. if you think about it, I mean, going into trade, like, just kind of like thinking, I mean, it almost like is advertising all four of them. Like, look at all four of these things that we have that we have way too many of. <laughs> what do you want to right. trade for? I mean, yeah. in the end, it could work out. It's, it's not like your typical, like, stretch team that's, like, standing at the three-point line, but – all of them can kind of shoot that stretch two-pointer, like put Scal at the corner, like right in between like the corner three and 
you know, on the inside and then flip flip side of that, put Giles and then put Marvin Bagley right at the top. And Garrett Fox just running around the top of the key. I mean, it might make sense, <laughs> crazy or not. I mean, you're going to get destroyed on the defensive side. But, hey, you know, how bad it is. The offense, like you said, I mean, Coach is just doing whatever he wants. I mean, definitely preseason. I do not see them doing this in the regular season. If they do, they are just lost. I mean, I kind of like a couple of their big men. I mean, I really think Harry Giles, if he can stay healthy, I think he's really yeah. intriguing for that team. He can be really good long term. I feel like the odd men out might be the two guys that have been there the longest right now, and Scal yeah. and Billy Collar Stein, just because. I would just put Giles at the five and, and have Bagley. I mean, I, I drafted him second overall. So, obviously, I have real high hopes on Marvin Bagley. So, put yes. Bagley at the four and just start to figure it out. Like, yeah, they're not going to be the best defense. That's why you like Willie Cauley-Stein down there blocking. But Giles, if he can come back healthy, I mean, he he looks pretty good. I like this little post game. He's got a nice fluid shot. And he can definitely – he's got a nice little hook shot and all that. So, it just mm-hmm. all depends on where his knee's at. I mean, he sat out. Not a lot of people – I mean, when's the last time anyone's really saw him? I mean, you saw, like, like shadows of him, like, playing for Duke and all that. Like, like it wasn't even his full him. And you kind of just felt bad when he was playing on Duke. Like, oh, man, just, just don't do this. Just sit out, man. Like, dude, you're going to get drafted, <laughs> but just sit out. Like, dude, you're just hurting yourself more. It looks terrible. Right. You should have – you messed up your knee in your senior year. You should have sat out your senior, your freshman year of college. And your first year uh, eligibility, like you did in NBA, because he's going to be a rookie. I mean, he's going to be a rookie. I could see him being the best rookie on my team over uh, Marvin Bagley if they use him right. Oh yeah. But then again, I would. I would, I would I mean, actually be surprised if he's not, uh, as long as he stays healthy, of course. Because um, yeah, I mean, he's really fucking good. So I mean, the biggest thing with him, he's athletic as fucking hell. Um, the biggest thing with him is how really how good of a basketball player is he? Um, and how much has he been able to develop with, you know, pro coaches and, um, you know, uh, dietitians and all the fucking shit that comes with being a pro. You know, like Ben Simmons was able to obviously make a huge leap um, despite not having played any NBA games between his, you know, one college year and his actual rookie year, which was last season. Um, can Giles be that same way? And it's all going to really boil down to, I think, two things. One, his basketball IQ, which we're going to get a good look at this season. And two, the coaching staff that he has around them. Because to me, if you have a kid who is smart, um, and and like knows the sport at least on its on its primitive level, um, and some and a kid who's that athletic, uh, and you're you're a good coach, you can turn him into a really damn good basketball player. Um, but that that involves having a lot of confidence in the Kings coaching staff, which I don't know if I do. That wouldn't be the first thing that I would criticize the Kings for. Not even like the first five. Um, but nevertheless, it, 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 I, but anyway, I digress. I still think that, yeah, I think Giles should be their best rookie this season. Um, he's, got the, he's got the extra year of experience. And, we, you know, I mean, you know as well as I do, someone who follows um, NCAA scouting as closely as we do, Giles was 
like easily one of the top five picks um, coming out of high school. Uh, and then, you know, when he got hurt and all that, that just plummeted his draft stock. Um, but, I mean, he's right there as far as raw potential as Bagley. And it's not like Bagley is that polished either. He's got a lot of growing to do. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, man. I would – honestly, I would start Bagley at the four. I would start Giles at the five. I would be trying to – any of my expiring contracts and trade them uh, for draft assets. I can't believe the Kings did not – get in on the Denver Nuggets trade, um, it, it, you know, like as far as what Brooklyn was able to pull off um, with help from my fucking Hawks. But, um, like, I can't believe they didn't get on that. I can't believe that there we never heard any, even any sort of talk about them trading uh, expiring contracts for Luol Deng in a first-round pick. Um, like, I, what do you have to lose at this point? You're not going to sign anybody next season. You don't have a fucking draft pick coming next season. Like, get yourself a draft pick. You have $40 million in expiring contracts. Like, trade that shit. I don't care. Like, like, it doesn't matter. Like, trade for, well, Chandler Parsons would be not the, um, Memphis doesn't have that pick as well. You know Boston does. But, like, there are teams who have, two-year contracts that they desperately want to get rid of who'd be willing to give you a first-round pick for. Or maybe you could couple together um, contracts. You know, like Portland would surely want to get off of Myers Leonard um, and, you know, maybe Evan Turner. Um, so you could put together a package for those guys and get a first and maybe another asset. Um, that's what the Kings should do. And then other than playing, um, you know, the, the two guys we, we mentioned – um, I would say play Bogdanovich at the three, play Heald at the two, play Fox at the one, and try to trade for whatever other garbage. Those would be my five guys that I want to keep and that I know I want to develop, and everybody else is fucking fair game. You know, Everybody else is just an asset to try and accrue more assets or expiring contracts to try to accrue more assets. It kills me. Like, I just hate it for Kings fans because you have the most incompetent front office who, for the last three seasons, should have been – their primary goal should have been accruing assets, and they, they've never made that a priority. They've always tried to compete. And it's like you're, just, you're not good enough. You're not going to fucking compete. Like, fucking tank for a couple of years and, like, like, then compete. And, like, don't just tank. Like, don't just suck. Like, make smart trades that get you extra assets, um, like the Celtics, like the Sixers, like what the Hawks are doing now. Like, uh, it, it's so frustrating to watch. I so wish they had fucking gotten sold to Balmer and moved to Seattle, and he hired a fucking real GM instead of Lottie D. Fox. Anyway, rant over. Anything more to add to this uh, uh, thing before we move on, Luke? No, the only thing I really want to say is I've thought about every scenario where Danny Ainge should go out and get Harry Giles. I mean, like you were saying, I mean, coming out of high school, no, he would have been the number one pick if he never got hurt. Jason Tatum even says there's only been one player that he's ever thought that was better than him at his age. That's Giles. If Giles is healthy, yeah, the one team that could figure it out and get him back to where he needs to be, come over to the Celtics, man. I would love Giles over on the Celtics. 
I've literally thought of yeah. every way. I'm like, I, I, I just, I don't see Sacramento trading him. There's no, like you're saying, you have to run your five as Giles Bagley, Bogdanovich, Heald. Even though I'd want Heald coming off as my sixth man, but I do Heald and De'Aaron Fox. Those are my five that I'm building off around. And then right. if that's the logical thing to do, that that's your team. Even keeping Scal's not that bad or keeping Willie Collins one of the two, but they're definitely not starting for me. I mean, I need a really few. Yeah, and they're definitely Bagley. And they're expendable. Yeah, they're very expendable, like you said. And, like, Bagley, you know, he's still very young, and he's very springy. I mean, he could, like, work well next to Giles and get back to, you know, that offensive rebounding machine that he was at the beginning of the of the NCAA uh, when he just started at Duke, when he was really just killing it on the glass, on the offensive yeah. side. So, you know, Sacramento does have a glimpse, but like you said, they should have done a lot with – they should have been the Brook, done exactly what the Nets were doing, try to mimic every single yeah. move that they did. They're like, well, if they can do this, we can do this. If they just did that, let's try this. That's what they should have done. But like you said, Vladi Divas doesn't really understand how to be a GM. No, unfortunately he does not. Um, and you know what, as much as, uh, well, I don't, actually, I don't love Marvin Bagley. I was so happy that the Hawks didn't end up with him. Um, no, no offense to the kid, like, I mean, or, or guy, I shouldn't call him a kid. Um, but, uh, I just, I, I didn't, I didn't want him for the Hawks because I didn't think he would pair great with John Collins. So I have my own bias there. Um, but the fact that they didn't take Luka Doncic and they elected to take Marvin Bagley, like I know that the Hawks are going to be the um, sort of the team that gets the the um, 2020 lens of the Doncic situation because of that they made for Trey Young. But hey, at least we got a first round pick out of it. You ended up with Marvin Bagley and no pick, you fucking idiots. Like you could have. You could have taken uh, Doncic and then traded down and gotten like Mo Bamba and and a first round pick. Like you should have fucking done that. Like, ugh, I I I don't I I just feel really really bad for um, for the Kings fans. Um, sorry, Nick Boykins. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on. We got a couple more topics to get to. Um, probably, I got I got us I got us. 30 more minutes of time, but I doubt it's going to take even close to that. Uh, Whiteside. Whiteside is averaging 17 points per game, 14 rebounds per game, two blocks, 1.5 steals in two postseason games. He's shooting 76.5% from the field. Well, well, and, and, yes, for the preseason. Uh, and dude is Drained threes, or at least one of them. Um, like, drained three, and he had a little Euro step action going on. Um, wh- what did you think about uh, Whiteside's play? I, di- I didn't see the second game. I just saw the, the, the stats. Um, but I did see the clips of the first game uh, where he hit the three, had the Euro step. He looks really good. Um, do you Do you expect him to get kind of – um, assuming that the Heat keep him, get kind of re-ingratiated into this lineup. Um, and if not, do, I mean, do you think this is driving up his, his trade value? No, I mean, he really looks engaged. I mean, I, he just looked like he's back, like, with the team and all that. Like I said, I think they really sat down. They really just 
this is out. I mean, he still could get traded to. I think he could be playing to just be like, hey, you know, I'm not a bad player. I just really, like, was in a shitty situation at the end of the year where my team wasn't using me at all because, realistically, there's way too many guys my size that might be, like, on this team. So they got to do something. So, and all I hope they really do just, if they do end up keeping him, use them. I mean, he signed him to the contract. Obviously, you trusted in him. He's not that bad when you actually have him in your system. I mean, yeah, there is some things he needs to work on, and he can really just check out very easily. But I think whatever happened at the offseason, Spolster sat down with him, Pat Riley sat down with him, and they're like, check it. Here's what happened. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to make you more into the system but also run it the way that we need to run it because you fit, but you don't fit. I mean, realistically, if you're the Heat, I mean, if he keeps on playing this well, does he really still fit with your team where you're at right now with how many people and all that? I'm still thinking I want to do with the Bam, Abadayo, and Kelly Olnick at the five because yeah, I have much so better. many power forwards. Just because I have so many damn power forwards. I mean, I don't I've never seen a team with so many, like, four slash threes, dude. They got a lot of them. So, unless they make the Jimmy Butler trade, then it makes sense. And Whiteside, if they end up keeping Whiteside and get Butler, I think that, you know, it could really work. But then again, I mean, you want to get rid of Whiteside's contract. So, I think it all, he's just really playing energized right now. He had a whole offseason. He wants to show people he's not that bad. I mean, at one point in time, Whiteside was looking really like, you know, He's came a long way. He played in the G League for so long. I mean, the guy didn't just come out of the draft and just start for a team. He really had to make his way up there. Really, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's not a great defensive center, but he's a good defensive center. I take him. I mean, he's got his flaws. I mean, Joel Embiid eats him up, but what player doesn't Joel Embiid just destroy at that center position? Yeah. I mean, he even makes Carl Anthony Towns look bad. And I like Carl Anthony Towns as much as, I mean, Joel Embiid right now might have a slight set, but in the end, I mean, I can see them being neck and neck, I mean, skill-wise. I just... Yeah, well, Carl Anthony Towns is better offensively. Depending on Anthony Towns' defense, yeah. And what he can do defensively. If he he really can put his mind to it, I mean, Joel right now is just just an overall great player. I mean, but... Yeah, well, and... Embiid is – he's maybe more versatile offensively even, too. Um, but Towns is way more consistent. Like, Towns – like, Embiid can hit threes. You're expecting Carl Anthony Towns to make an open three. Like, it, like I said, I'm sure you've heard me say this stat before, but he was the only player, the only player in the whole league last season to um, shoot 50% from the field – 40% from three, 80% from the line, while averaging 20 points and 10 boards. The only fucking player in the whole fucking league to do that. Um, and those are like arbitrary numbers. Those are like like benchmark stats. Like you always want to shoot 80% from the line. You want to shoot 50% from the floor. You want to shoot 40, 40% from three. Um, you want to average 20 points. You want to average 10 rebounds. Like those are like, like stats that you look – to get, and he was the only guy in the whole league to hit all five of them. Um, so offensively, uh, it and you know what, it's still fucking crazy to me. And and are you ready to move on? Are we are we good there? 
No, I've got one stat. That is a very crazy stat. I forgot you saying that. I forgot where I heard this one. You want to hear something also dumb about his, yeah, his year last year? So he had, I think he was in top five true shooting percentage, but he was the number, like, he was in the lowest ranked usage percentage. Usage, yeah. So he, I heard that as well. So he was great. He was great for you, but you're like, ah, oh, fuck him. I'm not going to use him. I don't even like, man, <laughs> you were no one hell of a basketball player. But I don't know what to do with you, so I'm not going to use it. <laughs> Instead of no wonder at the playoff time, he was probably like, yeah, Jimmy Butler, get off my team, dude. Like, I don't care about you anymore. We're going to lose this playoff round. We're not being Golden State. Adios, man. Like, I bet at that point, Carl at their town looked across. He probably even looked at Tim. He's like, I need to get you fired as well. Like, he's probably looking at them, and he's like, and they're looking at, like, they're both looking at each other, and Tim's is on Butler's side, and they're all like, one of us got to go. Yeah. Obviously, well, and you know what? He's probably with It's just like Carl Anthony Towns is not going. Yeah. Well, and, and I I would imagine Cat's probably looking at this situation like, man, I wish we had Fred Hoiberg. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he would be a way better coach uh, for Minnesota, um, whereas Tibbs would have been the way better coach for that one season where they had um, – uh, you know, um, uh, Rondo and and uh, and D Wade and and Butler and you know when when he was uh, when Hoiberg was so so much like under under fire. Um, but yeah, dude, that's that's crazy fucking stat. Like, and, and I, you know, I I don't I, I did not have that stat uh, ready to go and everything as far as when we were talking about his performance in the playoffs. But I do vividly remember being like, dude, like, he shot one three, like, in one of those games, the the game where he had, like, seven points. He shot one fucking three. He's your best three-point shooter, and he shot one fucking three the whole game? Like, what the fuck is going on? He took, like, five shots the whole game. Like, it made no fucking sense. I was so baffled by it, and it was, like, it, 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 it seemed partly because of, like, um, a lack of aggression on his part, but it also seemed a lot like they were like, it's like Tibbs was like, yeah, go in there and bang with Capella. And it's like, dude, why? Like, <laughs> why would I want to do that? Clint Capella's like really good defensive player on the block. Like, I can drain threes at a 40% clip. Let me fucking do that and draw him out. And then Jimmy Butler and fucking Wiggins can drive to the lane because he's out here on the three-point line guarding me. Like, why... Tibbs needs to go. He needs to fucking go. That's the moral of this story. Um, but anyway, let's get into these GM predictions. Um, and, and where I was going with this is um, essentially, like, he was the number one player last year uh, amongst GMs for player you would want to start your franchise with. He didn't get one fucking vote this season. Like, not one GM said, you know what, I, I still would they still would pick Carl Anthony Towns. Nobody. Um, and that's fucking crazy to me. Now, Giannis Antetokounmpo won it, um, which makes so much sense on so many levels. Um, but the fact that that Cat didn't get one vote, that is fucking gnarly. Um, but let's let's get into um, this as a sort of broad picture. Um, essentially, um, the GMs, 26 of them, had Golden State winning it all. Two had Houston and two had Boston. 
I guarantee you both Houston and Golden State picked Boston because neither one of them were picking each other. So there's your two Boston picks. Um, as far as who picked Houston, if we're ruling out that nobody else was going to pick Boston, um, oh, I would probably say um, I, I would say OKC um, simply because I don't see OKC picking Golden State. Um, even I mean, even if it is uh, Sam, they Sam Pressy, I still I, I I think it runs that deep. I don't think so I I'm gonna say OKC pick Houston, um, and I would say probably an Eastern team, maybe Philly, maybe Philly pick Houston um, to win it all, um, something like that. That's, those are just my best guesses as to. Uh, who picked two? Uh, LeBron and KD are reportedly the front runners for the MVP, and as mentioned earlier, Giannis is the player GMs would most want to start their team with. What what of this sticks out to you, Luke? And and um, who who do you think um, who do you think picked Boston? Who do you think were the two teams that picked Boston and Houston um, out of the thirty teams? No, I mean I always find it interesting what the GMs think. I mean. And all mm-hmm. honesty, I mean, it's. I feel bad that Carl Anthony Towns didn't get a vote. I mean, I'd vote for him, but if I'm a GM, I only have one. Yeah, I made the right choice. I mean, it's between two people, really. Right now, Carl Anthony Towns, don't get me wrong, you're third right there because, you know, you want to go young and just, like, really high ceiling, really high floor. And the only two people above you right now is Anthony Davis and the guy who just won it. So how bad do you think it is? I bet the Greek Freak's just going to do some stupid shit at the beginning of the season. He's probably going to try to dunk over another person. Just be like, every GM loves me. <laughs> He's so good. He was, did you see what he was doing last game? He was straight up hitting no, I didn't. threes off the dribble. Like, like he knew I, how to shoot them. Like he was, he we got knew it was like just a matter of time. Three, did one little, one little dribble, pull up, swoosh, dude. And it was just like, no way, dude. If he just learned this, oh, man. The league should watch out for for what he's going to do to them. Now MVP, Hell yeah. I I it just I understand LeBron could have been the MVP realistically the last five seasons as well. So I mean, Lakers are going to be there. He went, but he went to the Lakers, and that's what they're all like excited about. So that's why I think they gave gave it to him. And all honesty, I'd probably put Katie. I, I honestly, I don't think they want to do a double vote, but. I'm going to go back to – I mean, I know you got Kyrie, and I, I mean, I feel you about that. I think I chose – I'm one of the GMs I chose LeBron, but Giannis could have a big season this year. I mean, he's finally got a coach. He could do it. I mean, so there's some people – It's very true. Classic it's not going to just be LeBron's. I mean, I think the GMs just did it because they're really excited, you know. They think they're going to finally have the Lakers back. I think every GM just understands that basketball's at a better state. I hate to say it when the Lakers aren't just a terrible team. I mean, I loved every second that they haven't made the playoffs in the last, like, <laughs> four seasons. But I'm ready again, for them to make the playoffs well, again. Yeah. I, but like, then again, I, don't, that, I, I still don't see them running away with, like, a higher than a sixth seed. I see them competing for a seventh I, I and eighth. I see four maybe. tops. I don't. I really don't. I think the other – I, see him, I got them at five. Better. I got them at five, got, but – I see him four. I thought I had five. him low. I think I had six, but I might push him down, yeah, man. I think you Honestly, did. I, I like a lot of teams in the West, 
And I've really been liking the Clippers team, man. I've been able to watch them. They can stay healthy. I think the Clippers team is the better team in L.A. right now. Like, 100%. Maybe. Well, it's interesting. The Washington... The Washington Post, I didn't read it, but the Washington Post released an article today um, basically titled um, Why LeBron Joining the Lakers um, Doesn't Mean They'll Make the Playoffs. And it was essentially, it was I can't remember the exact title, but it was inferring that they would not make the playoffs. Um, and I was like, damn, well, fuck Washington Post. Like, go on and get you some fucking clicks. Like, um, but, uh, but, I mean, it's, it's, that's the thing. It's not a given. Like, as good as the West is, it is not a given. Um, I mean, that's for damn sure. Um, I still – my thing is I just I, – like, unless LeBron just hits, like, that veteran wall, um, I, I still think the guys that they signed this year plus the young talent that they have – and I really like Luke Walton as a coach. He's probably one of my top ten favorite coaches in the NBA – which I know isn't saying much. It's only like the top 33rd percentile. But, um, but I mean, he, he's out there. I like him a lot. Um, I still think he should have won Coach of the Year for that 73-9 and nine, uh, team over Kerr because he had the better winning percentage as far as, uh, as, as, far as Kerr versus uh, Walton. But um, nevertheless, I, I mean, I think, I think they'll be about a four or five seed. I got them five. Um, I think I have them playing the Spurs in the first round. Spurs, I got at four, which is higher than a lot of people have the Spurs. By the way, did you hear, uh, not to get too sidetracked, but did you hear the over-under on the Spurs win total this season? Yeah, it was pretty low. I was surprised they – It was crazy uh, low. Possible to go in on these people. Yeah, like, uh, no shit. Like, I mean, I, I don't know, like, I, I told Joel last week, I was like, I'm not, like, I've never – bet on like a sport like a sport like I've never gambled on sports before like other than like with buddies but like fuck man I need to put some money on the Spurs to like cover that fucking spread because dude like they're gonna be good like I don't I don't I don't understand how people don't see that like them getting DeRozan and just plugging him into a, a Popovich um lineup isn't going to immediately make them better than they were last season um, I don't care if you're losing Ginobili, a 40-year-old Ginobili, and a 38-year-old Tony Parker. Like, out with the old, in with the new, bro. Like, DeJounte Murray is going to get better. Derek White's going to, um, I think, become a, a an impact player for them. They got Lonnie Walker, who I don't expect to do a whole lot this season, but he he should give them some some um, some reasonably good play. Um, I think Yaka Portal is going to be a terrific backup center, and I think by the end of the season, he may even find himself in the starting lineup, um, depending on how Gasol's season goes. Um, and I, I expect Aldridge to, to pair alongside great um, with uh, with uh, with DeRozan. And Rudy Gay is probably going to be a starter this season, and I think he's going to eat that up. I think I expect him to play really well. I, just, I don't know. I just think they're going to be really good. Plus, you added Bill and Ellie. Like, that definitely counteracts you losing Ginobili, in my opinion. Um, they're they're going to be really good. Um, but, uh, but anyway, anything else you want to add on the uh, the GM perspective of things before we wrap it up? Uh, no, I mean, I kind of found, uh, you know I mean, I know the whole 
GM thing doesn't really make any sense. But, you know, it kind of like, you know, the franchises, they they see what they're doing. I mean, every year LeBron can win it, so I understand. But really in the realistic thing for MVP, it all comes down to record. And like you're saying, it's going to be hard to have a really good record in that West. So LeBron's going to have to really do something better than he did last year. I don't know if you could – I don't know if you could beat what you did last year, LeBron. So that's the only thing that I really like. Yeah, if I'm a GM, I vote for LeBron too because it just makes sense. But realistically, it all comes down to that record and how many wins can he get. And how much how much contribution you have. I mean, the same reason why um, I don't think KD's going to win it is why a lot of people don't think Kyrie's going to win it. And I get that. I just think Kyrie... Man, I just I really think he's going to have just such a, an efficient season with all of these guys around him now established. Um, I still think he's going to be the go-to. I think he's going to have so many clutch game winners um, because Boston they're not really a team that runs away um, with a, a, like a, a hell of a lot of games. They play a lot of close games and win a lot of close games, um, and I expect you know that to, to hold true. Um, and I, I, I expect Kyrie to be taking that, that last shot, and I think he'll make a lot of them. Um, and I, I don't know. I just think um, I think he's going to add another level to his game this season. Because, um, I mean, you, you still have to figure he was just in his first season with Boston last year, and he played – he was so much more efficient last season than he had been in Cleveland. Um, and I, I only think that efficiency is going to go up. Um, he's obviously a better defender because he's not, you know, because Brad Stevens is such a great coach and they play such good team defense. Um, so those numbers are, are, are going to look better. Um, yeah, I don't know. I expect him to be really, really fucking good this season. Uh, by the way, um, before before we call this quits, um, what do you think if 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 you go in if you're Celtics? who we all think are going to win the East, um, play the Warriors, who we all think are going to win the West. Um, I, just realistically, what do you think, you know, before this season starts and everything, but obviously Hayward's back, he looks good, uh, Kyrie's back, you got all those young guns who learned a lot. You obviously got a shit ton more depth. They obviously got DeMarcus Cousins. Um but there's only one ball. There's only so much that go around. Cousins could, hey, he might. I mean, he's a good passer, so it might all work out as far as their their ball movement and all that. Um, but he's going to want his touches, especially because he's playing for a huge contract. Um, what, what do you think the odds are? We'll ask you like who's going to win and and, and what, um, how many games or anything. What do you think the realistic odds are that the Celtics? bring it home 40 percent 30 percent i mean i'm not gonna go like them having a winning percentage but i'll give you this i have them definitely going to seven i almost had it like an eastern conference final where you were like holy shit dude the celtics almost just did it right there like they could have had that they scoot like they did some stupid things at the end of the game and they really could have just be golden state and then golden state's gonna be like well, we almost got beat. And then some of them, Cousins is going to leave, but, you know, the, they might get KD one more year. And then I feel like after that, this next year, we'd definitely beat them. But right now, I see 
I see it's at a 40%. I, you know, me being a Celtics fan, I really want to just, you know, just be like, no, 100%, but I got to be realistic. They are the yeah. reigning champs, two-time reigning champs, you know. But I do see it yeah. taking it to the wire, almost beating them. It's just like we just do some – we couldn't make a bucket down the stretch. We're just doing some terrible offense, and we just got in our heads. But I definitely don't see Golden State's reign really going that much further past this year. Yeah, I mean, I it I mean it really depends. I the thing is too, they have been so fortunate with injury, um, not a not getting injured and other and b other teams getting injured. So like I mean that plays such a huge factor in in their continued success. And and not take away anything, uh, not take away from anything that they've accomplished. Um, but I mean, we got to call a spade a spade. I mean, if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, that's a whole different series. If Kawhi Leonard doesn't get hurt two years ago, that's a whole different series. Um, and, and I will give him this: um, if Curry doesn't get hurt in 2017, or excuse me, 2016, that's a whole different series with uh, with Cleveland. Because I, I mean, I think uh, Curry was dealing with a nagging injury throughout that whole series. Um, but again, 2015. If you know Kyrie and Love don't get hurt, that's a completely different series. So I, I think they've ended up on the on the better side of those injuries um, for three out of their four seasons, and they've won those three uh, championships because of you know well um, maybe not because of that, but um, it has helped them. Uh, so that's that's another thing to consider as far as them going forward, um, and of course what happens with Clay and, and KD, I mean, th- th- there is at least a universe out there where both Clay and KD leave uh, this offseason, and, and, you know, that, that team's nothing uh, if, you, if you just have Steph and Draymond. They're a playoff team at best. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it, that'll be very fucking interesting to follow this offseason. Uh, but anyway, Luke, uh, fun show, man. Uh, I'm gonna go fucking uh, get ready for the Braves playing the Dodgers. Uh, you got uh, the probably, uh, arguably the greatest rivalry in sports coming on tomorrow. Uh, your Red Sox versus Joel's Yankees. Uh, just uh, real quickly before you head out, what's your prediction for the series? Uh, how many games? And uh, well, let me just say, how many games does it take for the Red Sox to beat the fucking Yankees? No, Queen Fleet, man. Uh, I just, <laughs> oh, shit. I'm just really confident in my thoughts and where we're at. And them pitching Soriano, it might come back to hurt them right now. So now they're going to have to go with TC or someone going against sales. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, I, I like I said, I don't. I mean, I've been my heart broken so many times by the Yankees, but we're just a better team than the Yankees are right now. And them having to play that wild card position, and sacrifice their best overall position is going to help us out big time. I will take CC versus Sale all day. Sale's going to win it. Porcello, I'll take him over Tanaka. I'll take David Price over Soriano if they want to pitch quickly and all that. So I'm liking where my Sox and bats are going. We're going to be really clicking. It's in Boston. So I'm going with my Sox. Yeah, I'll take the Sox in four. Um, and I'm going to take the Braves in five. Um, that's gonna, that's going to be my uh, prediction. Uh, but anyway, uh, Luke, thanks for joining me, man. And uh, we'll uh, catch you next week. All right, man.
All right, man. Peace out. All right, brother. Peace. And thank you all for listening to another episode of Full Court Press. It's been really fun. Uh, stay tuned. Later this week, we will have a brand new episode of Geek Vibes Live. We will be talking Venom and the crazy uh, unforeseen uh reviews and everything else that have been pouring in uh, for the movie. Um, and we will be talking various other subjects as well. We had a couple new trailers dropped this week. Uh, so be sure to tune in for that. That will be Sunday night at 8 o'clock. We will see you again next week. And hopefully we'll have a fucking Jimmy Butler trade to talk about. Uh, but don't hold your breath on that. Uh, but anyway, thank you for joining us. And we'll catch you next week. Until then.